Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. This is Janine, host of the Olive Magazine podcast. You are listening to episode three of a special series of five podcasts we put together to help our listeners during this lockdown period. In this episode, I chat to Olive's nutritionist, Carrie Torrens, about ways to stay healthy during lockdown. We talk about what makes of a balanced plate of food, how tinned and frozen can be just as nutritious as fresh, and whether it's actually possible to boost your immune system. Lots of practical advice from Carrie on this one, so I really hope you enjoy it. So welcome to the podcast, Carrie Torrens. Thank you very much. Um, thanks for coming back on. We thought um, it'd be really useful. We've had lots of people uh, getting in touch with us through social media since lockdown. Obviously, the way that people eat and the way that people shop has changed quite a lot. And I think there's a little bit of panic around about, you know, whether people are actually getting a balanced diet, whether they're able to get the things that they regularly cook with. So I think it's thrown them a little bit of a curveball. So we thought we would have a quick chat, maybe come up with some practical solutions for people just to stay healthy, basically. So first of all, like I was thinking about um, this diagram I saw, which was, um, it was called like a balanced plate, which everything on the plate gave you everything you needed nutritionally for that particular meal. Can you, can you tell me what that kind of looks like? Yes, I think you're, you're referring to the eat well guide. So really, if you think okay. about your dinner plate, a yeah. third of that would be fruit and vegetables, and that would okay. contribute to your minimum five a day. The other third, the second third would be starchy carbs. So that's your things like rice, potatoes, pasta. And then the last third would be divided really between protein, um, dairy foods, fats and oils. So protein... Okay. Protein could be um, beans and pulses, fish, meat, and then, of course, dairy is your milk, cheese, 
um, etc. And all plant alternatives. So if you're somebody who's a vegetarian, for example, you'd look towards the fortified plant alternatives. And then fats and oils, which would be, you know, some saturated and some of the healthy unsaturated varieties. So if people are, are worried that, you know, maybe they've got like elderly people or kids that they're feeding and they want to, they want some kind of guidance for what a healthy plate, well, a balanced plate would look like, that's a good place to go. And also it, the way you've described it, you've kind of said it's pasta or potatoes or, you know, so each section has like a, a, a big list of different things that you could fill that side of the plate with. That's it. And one thing to consider, though, is um, with your protein during the week, you should have about two portions of fish, one of which should be oily. So in the week, make one of your protein sources um well, twice a week, make one of your protein sources fish. Yeah. yeah. So something like tin tuna would be yeah. fine well, for that. A really good one would be canned sardines or, oh, yeah, or tin salmon. Yeah, mackerel. The thing with tuna is, yes, it's a good protein source. Mm. So it ticks that box, but it's not so good on omega-3s because um, okay. the actual canning process... Um, impacts the omega-3s of tuna, whereas salmon, sardines and mackerel are still rich in omega-3. That's useful to know. And just talking about um, canned food, because obviously a lot of people um, went out and stocked up on tinned foods because we didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, it's a natural reaction. You want to make sure your family's fed. Um, Things like canned foods, frozen foods, I mean, nutrition wise, are they as good as fresh? The good news is, yes, they are. I mean, for years we've been thinking fresh is best, haven't we? But um, in reality, canned goods can be as nutritionally equivalent um, to frozen foods or to fresh foods. So for example, um, canned peaches are as good as the fresh equivalent. And this is partly because when we store fresh fruit, so say um, we're buying peaches or apricots and um, they're being picked probably just before they're really at their perfect best. They travel, they get to the supermarket, they sit on the shelf, we buy them, they sit in our fridge. They're losing nutrition all the time. So actually canning at a peak time in, in that fruit and vegetables ripeness can really preserve the the nutrition and there's um, a particular benefit actually for things like canned tomatoes um, because canned tomatoes are rich in something called lycopene which is a carotenoid and um, that is a plant pigment or plant compound that's really beneficial for the immune system so it helps to modulate the immune system and it can help stimulate natural killer cells which are so important for fighting infections and lycopene is richer in canned tomatoes or cooked or processed tomatoes than in fresh. So in actual fact, canned tomatoes are going to be a real bonus to add to your store cupboards. I, it reminds me actually that I read, it was a while ago, um, someone I was working with was taking a tablespoon of tomato puree a day. Is that Would, would, would they have been doing that for the same reason? Because tomato puree is yeah. So lycopene is, is richer, it's more accessible for us when it's it, when the tomatoes have been cooked or processed in some form. It's good for the heart and lycopene is also protective against certain cancers. Very good. So, so yeah, get, get on those tinned tomatoes. What about, um, what if, obviously we're trying to waste as little as we can as possible um, and, you know, with the guidelines on, best before, um, used by, 
what if some of the fresh produce we have is past its best? I mean, how do we gauge whether it's safe to eat or, you know, we can take a chance or, you know? <laughs> I, I think that the golden rule is the use by date. But if you've got, say, some wilting herbs and you're thinking, well, they're, they're not looking terrific, you can puree them, put them in ice cube trays and freeze them, then add them to a stock, a sauce or a soup, and they'll be just as good. If you think, gosh, these herbs are really past it and the leaves look absolutely terrible, use the stalks. The stalks are still full of nutritional value and lots of flavour. So you can definitely do that. Then with other fresh produce, say wilting spinach or lettuce or or cabbage, what I tend to do with those is I add them right at the end of something like a tagine or a, or, a, or a stew or casserole so I'm not wasting them but you could also add them to a stir fry and it's interesting that the outer leaves of um, vegetables like a cauliflower or a cabbage tend to be um, richer in nutrients they're quite often darker than inside the vegetable and that's because they're, they're more nutrient dense so definitely don't waste the outer leaves and also don't waste the stalks so just like I said for the herbs the stalk of the broccoli or cauliflower they're tougher than the florets obviously but don't waste them chop them up more finely um even you could even grate them, to be honest, and they're going to be really nutritious and you're not going to be wasting anything. Yeah, we're going to be making the most of the whole veg. I know with broccoli, when I've, with the stalk, what I tend to do is um, get a potato peeler and peel the outside skin of the stalk and underneath, it's really sweet and really delicious once you've chopped it up. So that works. And what about stalk? Oh, no, carry on. One thing about peeling, though, Janine, is that um, a lot of the nutrition is just under the peel of fruits and vegetables. So if you can use that peel, like maybe save it and put it in a stock, if you're making a stock or anything like that, you're going to be keeping some of the nutrition. And you could even freeze them in a, you know, put it, stick it in a bag, put it in the freezer. And when you're ready to do a stock, um, chuck it all in. Brilliant. And then store cupboards. I mean, it, again, I think a lot of people have have stocked up their store cupboards and are maybe thinking, how do I make that work for me? Um, I mean, how can we make the most of store cupboard staples and still eat healthily, do you think? Um, well, I think definitely with the canned foods, as we've discussed, I mean, canned fish is a really good fallback. Then other things, things like, say you've got jars of um, maybe tomato, sun-dried tomatoes or artichokes and things like that, you'll use the oil. Make sure you use the oil, use it for cooking, use it in a salad dressing, use it to finish pasta, all those things. Um, you tend to hear nutritionists always say, whole grain, eat your whole grains, you know, go for brown rice. But if you've only got white rice in the cupboard, hey-ho, you know, you're going to be using white rice. Just serve it with protein or fat so that you're slowing the release of the carbs in the white rice. Another really interesting tip is to add some acid so lemon juice or vinegar finish it with like a dressing that has that and that will actually slow the release of the carbs again makes you feel fuller as well so a great tip just to slow down um, high releasing carbs so the white versions of things stick around to hear more great nutrition advice from kerry I mean, it's just occurred to me and I don't want to throw you a curveball, but um, because we're we're not getting out as much, should we be kind of not limiting what we eat, but should we be thinking a little bit more about the, the amount that we're eating? 
I have, I, I read something the other day about this, that, you know, we're not exercising as much, we're not walking as much. So the estimate is probably we should be eating about 200 calories less a day, which is about a chocolate bar, really. Um, there are other ways of, of doing that. And that's, you know, um, intermittent fasting or time restricted eating. So really saying to yourself, right, I'm going to eat between um, nine and, and six, but after that, I'm not going to eat anymore. So you're yeah. giving yourself a, a window um, when you can eat. Um, but, you know, I don't know. These are really tricky times. And I think yeah. we get so much more from food than just nourishment. You know, it's all about um, how we feel. You know, comfort eating can be a big thing when we're feeling stressed. So Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I think... I personally am not restricting myself because I think at this time we have to be really kind to ourselves. And the best way we can do that is to try and eat healthily, really. One thing I have, sorry, one thing I have thought about actually is um, the nuts and seeds I have in my cupboard. I tend to, when I go shopping, I tend to overbuy on nuts and seeds. And one of the really good things with those is to freeze them. Because if you store them at room temperature for too long, they can go rancid. So freezing nuts and seeds and extending their life that way can be really useful. Because um, I think it's all about extending the life of the food that we've got um, or the food that we might have overbought. It's a great tip. It's kind of teaching us all to be a bit more <clears throat> mindful about what we eat and how we cook. And, you know, so maybe we're learning some valuable lessons in between all of this. Um, one thing I wanted to, yeah, one thing I wanted to ask you, I've seen a lot of information and possibly misinformation about um, boosting your immune system, because obviously everyone's, you know, is, is thinking a lot about their immune systems because that's what's under attack with this virus. Um, what, what's your kind of stance on that? I mean, should we be eating to boost our immune Can we eat to boost our immune system? This is a really interesting one. I was listening to a podcast the other day and and uh, the speakers must have mentioned this about 25 to 30 times and it always makes me cringe because it makes me think of putting super unleaded petrol in my car because I want an extra bit of zoom if I'm going on a long journey. But the immune system doesn't have a supercharged button. And to be honest, we wouldn't want it to. Um, because it can be quite dangerous. Now, we always think of the immune system as fighting infection, you know, fighting off a virus, um, fighting a bacteria. And yes, it does. And that's an important process. So it kicks off things like fever and inflammation. But it also has not only an army of fighters, but an army of peacekeepers. So the immune system has a really important um, calming mechanism that brings down a fever, reduces the damage that can be caused by inflammation. And so we don't want to supercharge or boost the immune system because that's talking about the fight all the time. And actually, we need to bring uh, the immune system into balance. And the immune system is something we've built and developed over our lifetime. It's not something we can suddenly give a quick kick to and, and hope it will, um, you know, defend us. So it's all about really nourishing ourselves, keeping our diet varied and wide, um, and also looking at some of the lifestyle issues as well. Yeah. I mean, are, are there actual practical foods or nutrients which are helpful for fighting off viruses, you know, in a, in a really practical way? Is there something that you could go, you know, the old... We're all told to, um, ginger and is antiseptic for throats and various so things like that, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's some interesting studies on certain foods. There's no doubt about it. I mean, honey, for example, um, 
I think it was a combination of ginger and honey that uh, a study gave to young children with coughs. And they found it actually worked just as well as the equivalent um, cough um, tincture would have done. So yes, there are some foods that have benefits. I mean, garlic is a prime one. It's antifungal, it's antiviral. And the very best way of getting the most out of garlic is preparing it just 10 minutes before you need it and adding it at the end of cooking rather than at the beginning. We so we, we tend to add it with the onions right at the start, don't we? But really we should be crushing the garlic and then adding it at the end. Crush about 10 minutes before you're going to add it to the dish. And then it releases something called allicin. And this is the really sort of protective component in garlic that is antiviral. But nothing is a superfood and it's all about balance. And quite a lot, especially on social media recently, we've been reading things about micronutrients, you know, vitamin C, zinc, all these for protecting against viruses. And yes, they do. But the immune system needs the macronutrients too. So protein, good sources of protein, especially important for white blood cell production and also fats, especially the omega-3 fats, which form, um, which help that peacekeeper uh, army that I was talking about because it helps to bring inflammation down after um, an, a viral attack, for example. So it, it's about getting a balanced diet, but there are, key key foods and i'd say herbs and spices are about some of the best to be honest yeah because they can boost yeah they can boost your and um, help you but also completely transform your food into something really tasty and i think i think one of the hardest things because i've been hearing a lot um my mum's quite elderly and so is her though she would hate me saying that <laughs> <laughs> um she's got friends who are you know who are on the the, the high immune list and they're just they're not used to cooking and they're bored and they're so bored with what they're eating you know they've let them send them one of them a magazine because she's just like I'm sick of I've got a veg box and I don't know what to do with it and I don't know and she went I'm just sick of eating the same thing over and over again and it's it's it can be quite depressing it can and actually that's the problem sometimes with veg boxes because it can they can be a bit intimidating if you don't know what to do with the vegetables you receive so certainly you know getting as much information and and if possible, you know, watching some online videos and, and cook-alongs and things like that um, can really help, I think. Definitely. Um, just to finish, um, do you have any other top tips to help us all eat a healthy, balanced diet during this lockdown? <laughs> <laughs> I think really we need to think about variety. And I know that's really difficult yeah. when we can't get a wide variety of foods. But try and include maybe some things that you wouldn't have tried. So, you know, if you're in the supermarket and there aren't chickpeas, then try butter beans. Um, if you're in the veg counter and, you know, there's no turnip, but there's a celeriac, then try that. You know, things like that. So try and increase your variety. Try and increase your plant food because um, plant foods are particularly beneficial. They contain phytonutrients, which are really good for the immune system. Don't worry if some things are past their best. So when things like grapes and berries get a little bit ripe, they get quite dark looking. But that's really because the protective compounds called anthocyanins are getting richer. It's the same with tomatoes. Tomatoes get much deeper in colour, don't they? And that's because lycopene is getting richer. So even though your berries or, or grapes might be a little bit past 
what what you'd ideally like, that's still, you know, it's a good thing to still eat them. Um, So variety, getting more ideas, trying something new, increasing your plant foods. And I would say, don't forget other things like sleep, exercise, Mm -hmm. trying to control your stress levels, um, because they are equally important in terms of supporting the immune system. Um, Sleep, we know, has a key component in helping us produce the immune cells that protect us. And um, exercise is really important because the lymphatic system, which is the system that takes our immune cells to the areas of our body that we need it, needs movement. So you don't have to run a marathon because actually that wouldn't be ideal. But certainly um, keeping some exercise, moderate exercise, is a really good thing to do. And I think probably within that, some kind of routine, so like a daily routine to stick to. Absolutely, because I think structure is really important. When we're suddenly constrained to home, I think having some structure around your day is is really key. And, And another thing, actually, is if you can grow something yourself, even if it's herbs on a windowsill, um, our good friends at Gardener's Ma- World magazine have a brilliant grow guide in each issue. And, um, you know, grow something. Eat lettuce, yeah. you can you can pick really early. It's micro veg. And it comes back. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So, you know, just having something fresh on your windowsill makes a whole difference, I think. Yeah. We've actually got a, um, in our April issue, which is just coming out, we've, we've um, Gardener's World helped us put together a kind of mini grow guide for growing in pots and on your windowsills and stuff. So that that's great. So that'll be, hopefully that'll be going online. But again, Gardener's World Online is a great resource too. So yeah, absolutely right. I mean, if, if there's any kind of space, even on a windowsill that you can get a pot out, it'll just remind you that there's great life out there as well. But um, thank you so much for coming today, Kerry. And so much great advice there. Um, and please, please come back soon and chat to us again. Hopefully, when we can all get out to the yes, shops that properly. Would be great. <laughs> Thanks, Kerry. You've been listening to a special lockdown episode of the Olive Magazine podcast. Our regular weekly podcast returns on Friday, April seventeenth. So do listen out for that. In the meantime, you can find loads of brilliant recipes and helpful advice at our website, olivemagazine.com. And if you're finding it difficult to get your monthly mag, why not become a temporary subscriber? You'll get the next three copies of Olive Magazine delivered to your door for a single payment of £12.50, saving 15% off the usual shop price and with free delivery. There's no obligation to continue after the three months either. To take advantage, go to buysubscriptions.com forward slash olpod3. That's O-L-P-O-D-3.